The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is friday no it isn't it's thursday jeez louise february 1st see i got friday and february all confused because it's the first day of february 2024 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the ma fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the ma fighting podcasting network hello there everybody happy thursday i am mike heck hope you're all having a Wonderful week so far. It's been kind of a a weird week in MMA. Like we've got some news, but I feel like last week there's so much more going on. There was so much more to talk about. Tuesday show we had like nothing to talk about. It was just all 300 speculation for the most part, and some other things that we discussed. But at least we have like a couple things that have happened over the last couple of days that we could get into. So we'll talk about it. Uh, we will take your calls for most of the show because, again, there's not a ton going on in the news cycle. But there are a few things. First, well, we obviously have UFC Vegas 85 coming up on Saturday. So the rare weekend off has come and gone. And now it's uh, it's back at it for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I believe it's 11 straight Saturdays we're going to have events. So just a quick little breather and then we're going to be off and running and now we're in February and things are going to get cooking a little bit with a couple of Apexy Apex cards. And then we got 298 and then we got Mexico City. And then we're on the road to 299 and Francis Aganu versus Anthony Joshua and UFC 300. So things are going to ramp up real quick. But as far as things that have happened over the last couple of days, we have a retirement 
in the world of mixed martial arts. Marco Madsen announced his retirement from the sport. Pretty solid career, decent guy who was flirting with the rankings. I don't even know if I don't know if he actually made it to the rankings, but pretty solid career, tough fighter. Just really couldn't get over that hump, but super talented wrestler. And we bid him adieu from the sport of mixed martial arts. We have a nice little prospecty bantamweight fight that we reported yesterday. Peyton Talbot versus Cameron Simon going down March 23rd at the world's most famous Apex. So that is pretty much a done deal. I know one contract is signed, the other not quite signed, but it is agreed upon. So that fight, a big prospect match at 135 going down March 23rd. We also found out that UFC Atlantic City, March 30th, 2024 needs a new main event. Sean Brady versus Vicente Luque no longer happening on that card. Now, this is an interesting one because as I told you guys, when this fight was announced and even like the couple of weeks leading into it, I said, after they announced the Aaron Blanchfield man and Fiora fight, not going to be the main event, at least as of right now, they're working on something else, but there's things that kind of need to happen in order for this main event to come to fruition. Dana White announces it. I came on the show and I was like, I'm a little surprised that it got announced. And the reason why is the reason why this fight's not happening. Sean Brady's still a little dinged up. He even said on the Joe Rogan experience that he was dealing with an injury. He was hoping to get through it. Maybe April. And this is why I was kind of surprised that that fight was announced. Um, so there you go. No longer happening. Right now, no main event announced. As of right now, Aaron Blanchfield versus Manon Fioro, from what the conversations I've had, neither has been approached in regards to headlining. So maybe they're working on something else to headline that card. And if it doesn't come through, then they'll just bump that one up. And I think that's a fine main event. Aaron Blanchfield's from the area. I think that's a good one. High stakes fight. Seen worse fight night main events than that. That's for sure. So we'll see what goes on there. And then we're going to go full circle here. Go full circle. We started talking about Marco Matza retiring. Kevin Lee on social media yesterday, late afternoon, early evening, depending on where you are, says he's not retired anymore. Six month retirement, done and done. He's getting ready. He's getting back. And he says he's going to return to MMA. Will he return to the UFC? Not really sure. Maybe PFL will take a shot at him. Maybe he ends up in their super fight division. Maybe he ends up in the new, newly established Bellator brand. Maybe he ends up in BKFC. Maybe he ends up with Game Bread. Bare Knuckle MMA? It's not a bad name to, to snag to the roster. So, yeah, looks like Kevin Lee is coming back. So, yeah, that's pretty much what has happened over the last couple of days. And let's see what is on your mind. We still do not have a UFC 300 main event, everybody. Still don't have it. Israel Adesani did put a little bit of a teaser on his Instagram stories. We saw some, some golf swings from Izzy, and then all of a sudden, boom, we see 
a 300 poster with a little bit of a message and Izzy got people going a little bit crazy with that. Is he going to fight at 300? Is he going to fight Drake's Duplessis? We will soon find out. One would hope, but we don't have an official main event as of yet. So uh, let's get into this thing. And we will begin with Abzwalia. Go ahead, Abzwalia. Yeah, good morning, Mark. Uh, heck of a morning. Um, just wanted to uh, ask a few things. Firstly, do you expect uh, the main event announcement from Dana by end of this week? Or do you reckon he'll keep us hanging on for maybe another few more weeks until they finally decide on what should be the main event? And take this week as time with it. And um, also another question is, who do you have winning this Saturday between the main event and what's at stake for those two fighters? That's all I have. Have a great day. Do I think the main event will be announced this week? Mm, no. I'll say no. I'll say no. I think I think I think Dana will wait till next week. Super Bowl week, a lot of buzz. Vegas will be going crazy. I think he'll save it for next week. I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. Because I just want to know. Like, let's just get this out of the way. I just want to move on, talk about other things, have a main event established. I'm. We can only speculate for so long, right? We can only do this for so long before it gets a little tiresome, and I think we're knocking on that door right now. Let's just find out what this main event is. But if I were to bet 20 fictional dollars, I would bet the 20 fictional dollars on it's going to get announced next week or beyond. That's what I would say. As far as Saturday goes... We have Roman Delize versus Nasruddin Imamov. That is the main event. Delize, not typically a middleweighty middleweight. Nasruddin Imamov, eh, not really a middleweighty middleweight himself, but has tendencies, I guess, where he could be. It's tough. It's a close one. This is a real close fight. I think Roman needs to get this fight to the ground. I know Roman's got some pop. He can hit really hard. But if he wants to get into like a range kickboxing match with Nasruddin Imovov, more often than not, it's not going to go very well for him. But Delize does have the finishing capabilities more so, in my opinion, than Nasruddin Imovov. So I think just for excitement purposes, I will pick Roman Delize to get a finish. But it would not surprise me if Imovov won. And what's at stake? Nothing. Nothing really. Just kind of holding their spot. That's really it. Like a win doesn't propel either guy into like the title conversation right now. Like Delize is coming off of a loss to Marvin Vittori. Imavops hasn't won a fight in a hot minute. So yeah, they just kind of like stick around. Maybe they find themselves at another Apex main event. But yeah, as far as like title contention goes, this a win for either guy really does nothing for them at this moment. It's just a bounce back type of situation. Really not a lot of stakes on this card on Saturday, if we're being honest, but still probably fun. I'd say that the fight with the most stakes in terms of like who can get the most out of this Natty ice goes out there and just barrels over Viviani Arujo. She's 
she probably has the most to gain on this entire card, in my opinion, even more so than the main event and the co-main event. Uh, Adam, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, first time, long time. Um, just want to talk a bit about Paolo Costa's Twitter game. Do you think this is, like, okay for a guy who has pulled out so much um, of fights? Obviously, he's a funny dude, but, you know, making all these jokes about pulling out of this fight when he has a co-main event spot in, like, two weeks' time. Thanks, Mike. I mean, to to quote the great Jed, Jed Mishu, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, and... That's what Paulo is. He just he's got the gimmick. People know he's got the gimmick, and he just goes right into the gimmick and just goes full throttle. He puts that foot down on the gas. So I really hope I really hope he shows up to this fight because man, this division is so different now. It really is. It's so different. If Paulo Costa goes out there and beats Robert Whitaker, you can make a strong case. That he's getting a title shot. You can make a very strong case that he gets a title shot, especially if Drickus Duplessis is still the champion, or and you know him and Izzy don't fight at three hundred or anything like that. And if they do, if DDP wins, like Costa's over. He's just he's a draw. He's a star. People freaking love the guy, and he can drum up interest in a fight as well as anybody in this division right now. So. Seems like it's going to happen, but a lot can happen between now and February 17th, and I just really hope it happens. I really do. But yeah, he's just feeding into the gimmick because he knows people will react to it. Mikey, go ahead. Curious. Um, how? What do you think Molly's prospects are? Strawweight. Now that she's moving down there, I don't know if this is probably for a one-off just to see what's going on or if it's permanent, but I'm curious to see how what her prospects will be in that division because I think to a certain degree, strawweight's a little deeper than flyweight, maybe barely. So, and she's what, like 30, she's in her 30s, right? She's like 32 or something like that, maybe in order. Um, also, uh, just if, if it hasn't been mentioned before, I'm just like, it's getting to a point now where I'm like, the UFC should just, if... I saw that Dana White met with the president of BKFC. And I'm over here thinking, like, come on, just just have Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler fight each other and then run back Nate and Connor. Just do that. That would be fun. You know, and then do Chandler and Connor later for the summer or something. Maybe even Madison Square Garden because it's, you know, both like fighting at Madison Square Garden and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That would be fun. Um, it's like I said, whatever it is that makes sense. So, yeah, I think that would be all for me today. So, you guys have a good day. Good day. Be kind. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. Because I just don't think Nate's going to come back. I, I, I'm not saying he'll never come back to the UFC, but why would he go back to the UFC now? He's been trying to get out of there for so long. For years, he's been trying to get out of there. And then he went and boxed Jake Paul and made a shit ton of money. Like, there's no doubt he made more money boxing Jake Paul than any fight he's ever had. So, and now there's this rumored fight with Jorge Mazadal, which is being discussed. It's probably going to happen in a boxing match. 
date TBD at this point. It seemed like maybe it was going to happen in March, but now maybe not. I don't know. So, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And plus, like, think Nate and Connor, even though they're, like, rivals, they have an understanding and always have, right? That's why they didn't fight at UFC 200. That's why Nate didn't fight at 200 when Connor had his thing with the UFC. Nate was like, nah, man, I ain't fighting at 200. Like, it's me and him. So I'll wait. And then they both made, like, way more money to fight each other at 202. Nate understands the game right now. He could come – sure, he could come back and make a few million dollars to go box or to go fight Conor McGregor at 300 or some other card, and that would be cool. Like, But they're not going to bring Nate back for a one-off. Like, Nate has to sign a multi-fight deal with the UFC. And then all of the prospects of all the things he wants to do outside of the UFC sort of go away because they're not going to treat Nate differently than anybody else. Case in point, why he's wanting to leave – the company for so long. Now, I do understand that Nate has seen that from a promotional level and just going through a fight week, not with the UFC, there's probably a part of him, and I actually, I know there's pro- there's a part of him that's like, eh, you know, from that side of things, maybe the grass isn't as green. But money is very green, and he made a lot of it to deal with the bullshit of the Jake Paul fight. I know he didn't like the build, I didn't even like. I know he didn't like any of that shit, but this Mazadal thing I think will be better if it ends up happening. I'm hearing some things about it. Nothing we could really report at this time, but um, I think it's going to do well. I mean, I think it'll do fine. It'll drum up a lot of interest. People will care about it. it's two big stars getting into boxing match, and this is a weird time for boxing. So if Nate's going to make a whole bunch of money to go box. Mazadal, go do that. And then guess what? Connor only has two fights left in his UFC deal right now. Connor can go fight Michael Chandler whenever, bounce right back in and fight somebody else. And then guess what can happen? Connor rides off and could ride off into the sunset and still do the Nate Diaz fight and keep all the money. Him and Nate can share the, the wealth between the two of them. So when Connor actually fights again, whether it's Chandler or whoever, it's going to get real interesting. Because Connor will, especially if he wins, he's going to want to get right back in there. Will the UFC let him get right back in there without signing an extension of some kind? That's where things are going to get real interesting. Are they going to keep him on ice like they did with Nate? Because they know the business savvy of Connor, and they know the business savvy of Nate Diaz right now. There's no doubt that they're. The UFC is like, okay, there's a chance this this trilogy fight could happen not in our octagon. And I think the UFC is going to try to do everything they can to avoid that happening. But will it work? That's the big question. So no, I don't think Connor Nate's going to happen. I don't know why Dave is there. Um, you know, Dave and Dana have a little bit of a relationship. It's not like they, they've never met and talked before. And... BKFC is trying to get legalized in, in Vegas, and so he's spending a little time there. I don't know. Maybe we get Mike Perry back for UFC 300. How, the, how freaking cool would that be just for a one-off? But we'll see. Oh, no, plays. As far as Molly goes, what, what are her prospects? Eh. 
not much. Probably the same as they are at 25. She's 33, about to be 34. She's not going to get a title fight at 115. She's just going to... She'll probably win on Saturday. I mean, we've seen this fight already. And Molly... Like, dominated. And I don't expect this to be much different. But she'll just kind of be what she was at 25. She'll just... Have fun fights. When they go to the UK, you put her on the card. Give her a matchup she could do well in. Let the fans go bananas, and there you go. But yeah, is she going to all of a sudden be a title threat at 15? No, I don't think so. I don't see it. But look, if she's happy and she feels good and she wants some different kinds of challenges in her career, go get them. Go get them. Molly could still be very successful in this sport at this time. I don't know if she'll win titles. She won't win titles or get title fights, but she'll do fine. She'll do just fine. Uh, and I expect her to win on Saturday. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Paul, go ahead. Hi, Mike. Uh... I keep trying to think about why, like, there is no 300 main event yet. Like, they like they, the UFC really hasn't ever had this situation where there's, like, one fight missing like this. And every time I think about, like, who, who can maybe, like, fill in and fight at that main event, I, 
I always keep going back to I don't think Connor. I I, I keep saying like there's no way Connor's going to be on there, but then I I take a step back and look at the situation, and I keep like I have a question for you, Mike. Like why why else would there be this delay in this fight if they weren't still trying to get Connor on this card? I feel like this delay has to be somewhat because they're there at least is a 1% chance that Connor still fights on the card. Does that make any sense to you? Thanks, man. I think it's more, honestly, it, and I've been saying this from Jump Street, Connor Chandler should have been the main event of this card from the beginning. It just should have been. And I understand the UFC wanting to get multiple bites of the apple. Makes sense. 300's going to sell no matter what the main event is. The number is going to be the draw. And then you could still get another Millie pay-per-view buy when Connor fights Chandler, and it looks like it's going to be International Fight Week. And I've been saying from the beginning, I think there is more of, there's more than a 1% chance that I think Connor gets there. I don't think Connor is plan A at the moment. Just, it, I have no insight to this. But I think he's a strong plan B right now. I think at this point, DDP Izzy would be a 300 main event. It's right there. But you just have to get both guys in on it. DDP just had a tough fight with Sean Strickland not that long ago. And can he physically turn around and fight again April 13th in a big-time rivalry fight with Israel Adesanya? That's the thing. Now, if you can't get there, then what do you do? Because you can't do Leon versus Bilal. You just can't. And I think if they called Conor McGregor right now and said, hey, you want to headline 300? He'd do it. And if they called Michael Chandler, he ain't going to have a choice. If he wants to fight Conor McGregor, he's going to fight whenever Conor wants that fight. That's just the position he's in right now. And Chandler is certainly not going to say no to that. So I think it's at worst plan B. Might even be higher. But I think they will try to do DDP versus Izzy first. And then we'll see how they, they stack the rest of the deck. I've mentioned this before, but we'll go back. They have been in this situation before. UFC 200. They didn't, ha- it's, they didn't have 200 like lined up and ready to go. They didn't. We thought it was, they thought, hey, it's going to be Connor and Nate. That's what we're going to do. And then Connor's like, okay, but I don't want to go to the press conference. And then I want to do this and I want to do that. And then they were just like, nah, now you're not fighting. And then we're like, we'll give Nate a big fight. And Nate's like, nah, I'm not fighting either if he's not fighting. So, solidarity, brother. And then we eventually got to John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. And if you remember, John Jones had to come back and fight Ovin St. Prue first in a fight that was just awful. It was just not good. And it was just a matter of like, okay, how is John going to be able to turn around and fight DC in July? And it took a while to get that fight like cooking and then eventually it got going. So it wasn't like it was right around the same time frame. And then even then, like Brock, the Brock Lesnar thing didn't happen. And he's the guy who carried the lion share of the weight in terms of getting buys and drumming interest. We didn't get Brock on the card or no Brock was going to be on the card until 199, the day of UFC 199, less than a month before 200. We didn't know Brock Lesnar was fighting until Ariel reported it, and then the UFC officially announced it. That was a month before. So the UFC has been able to, to, to pull these rabbits out of their head. Remember UFC 205? 
We thought, hey, they're going to do Connor versus Eddie. Oh, now they're not going to do it. Oh, now it might be Eddie Alvarez versus Habib Nurmagomedov. And then we found out that Habib was a was only used kind of as a negotiation tactic in order to get Connor to take the fight. And Connor eventually took the fight because he fought in freaking August in a war with Nate Diaz and then turned around a couple months later and ended up fighting Eddie Alvarez at 155. So I don't know. Honestly, I wish I had an answer to your question. I don't know what Dana's got planned. He said it's he, he's been teasing that it's gonna knock our fucking socks off. It's gonna be crazy. You guys aren't ready for the main event. I mean, it seems like we're ready for it. It seems like we're either gonna get Izzy versus DDP or DDP versus Hamzat, which I don't think they're gonna do, or we're gonna get Connor versus Michael Chandler. Like, I think we're ready for all of those things. So, I don't know what the delay is. We still get time, guys. Still get a little bit of time. We're, we're getting close, but we're not even two months away yet from the card. So, we still get a little bit of time, a little bit of wiggle room. If we don't have this main event announced by 298, then maybe we start to worry a little bit. We start to play the guessing game, but... I think we got a couple of weeks to to relax with. Uh, Santino, go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I, I just want to – I had a couple questions for you before I jump in. I did want to touch on that 300 that you just brought up as well. I'm, I'm in total agreement. I don't think on realistic fights that there's anything that could main event right now outside of a Conor McGregor fight or an Izzy fight, whether it's DDP or Pereira. Uh, the only other options would be like something totally out of the blue off the wall. Like for instance, if, if they could coax Khabib and GSP out of retirement to headline that card, which I don't see happening, but like on the roster right now and of fights, I don't, you, like you mentioned Leon Bilal, I can't see that headlining a 300 card. It's not a fight that's going to excite the casual fan or fans in general. I don't think, but um, yeah, I, I, those are the only two people, two fighters that I can see headlining right now that get a fan base, get people excited and whatnot. Uh, but the, the questions that I had for you were kind of fun ones. I was wondering, uh, from the Mike Heck perspective, car, for fights that are not title fights uh, and Sarukian Oliveira, because you've made it clear that's one of your favorites that you want to see and one of many people's favorites they want to see, are, is there any fight that's been announced so far that you are just waiting for and you can't wait outside of the uh charles and uh sarukian fight uh and is there any fight not on a main card of a pay-per-view whether it's a fight night or or whatnot or on a prelims that you're super excited for uh whether it's stakes or you're just excited for the fighters or you're excited for the outcome uh, and do you have any fighter in mind that when you look at them you're like that is that dude like you had with the uh with Sarukian and other people, anybody come to mind that you think people should be on the lookout for in the future? That's all I got for you. Have a good one. That's a lot to digest. Um, yeah, the 300, look, the 300 thing, we also have to like keep in mind that maybe they do go with like Leon versus Bilal and it's just like, Okay, it's just a good card. 
like a really good card, like 299 is. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think, I think the UFC does care to some degree. I think they are listening to the fans a little bit. Like I think they're trying to make this one different. They don't have to, but I think they are trying. So I'm not going to sit there and like shit on them because I really do think they're going to try to make something big happen. The one that would really, I'm telling, and I've said this before, if they somehow get Connor and Nate done, like that would be ginormous. It would be, honestly, I would be more, I would be more surprised if George St. Pierre fought a UFC 300 than if Nate Diaz fought a UFC. I mean, I'd be way more surprised if Nate Diaz fought a 300 more so than if George St. Pierre like came out of retirement, even Habib at this point. Like that would be surprising, but seeing Nate at UFC 300 would be really shocking based on like what I, you know, conversations I've had. And I'm not the only one that's saying this. Like, I don't think Nate fights in the UFC at all this year. I would be really surprised. And I'd be shocked if he's on 300. I know it seems like, oh, Nate could just, it's so easy. Just call him, just offer him $10 million. Nate's be like, nah, dude, I'm going to go box Mazda and make more money and do way less work. Like that's that would be a shocking, shocking thing if Nate gets on that card. But yeah, it's Connor. DDP Izzy is perfect for three hundred, especially with like the new UFC, the modern UFC, the UFC as we know it today, where things are going to get real ugly in the build, and the UFC loves it. This is how we are now, and there you go. What fights am I looking forward to the most? Uh, I mean, Dustin Poirier, Benoit Santini rules. I know it's kind of a cheap answer, but that fight is friggin' spectacular. Really, really good. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Let me look at... Let me just take a gander. Uh... I'll tell you what, Jeff Neely and Gary is going to be interesting once we get there. Which is coming real quick. That one's coming real quick. So, I mean, that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that, on that fight when it comes around. That's for sure. That's a good one. I love, honestly, I am fascinated by the Aljamain Sterling-Calvin Cater fight. Is it going to be like a fight of the year contender? Probably not, but I'm super intrigued by it. I have a lot of questions about Aljamain at 145, and I think this matchup will answer a lot of them. 290, I mean, 299 is a shitload of them. I mean, Curtis Blades, Jelton Almeida, super high stakes. I don't know. There's a lot. I think uh, I think I'll go with Aljo and and Cater because that's not going to be a main card fight. Michelle Pereira versus Mikhail Alexeychuk is going to be insane too. Love that fight. I don't know. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like with the with the pay per view cards. Up and comers, guys. We need to watch. I mean, I, I told Iker Malaskarov was probably the, like the next guy up when it comes to. You know how I felt about a fighter? Like, if we're going to the next, like, Sarukian wave, it's probably Alice Garoff. Because 
the way I viewed Sarukian after watching him fight one time and just being like, dude, this is the guy. Like, this is this is a guy who could be the guy. Uh, I felt the same way about Iker Mouskarev when I saw him fight. And then I saw he got put on the Contender Series, and I'm like, why is this guy on the Contender Series? This guy could be most of the top 10 right now in the middleweight division. And he's gone the Contender Series? I couldn't believe it. And then he did what we expected him to do. And he's doing what I've expected him to do. Now, the problem is he can't get back in the cage. I loved the matchmaking between him and Anthony Hernandez. Loved it. But for some reason, he just can't get in there. And it's tough. I mean, he did fight in October, so I'm not going to take like too, too much away from him. But, man, that was a good one. That was a good, that was a good one. And I think if he... If he got that fight at 298 and he took care of business, and Anthony's a tough son of a bitch, but I do think it Grum would have got him out of there. Like they could have just ran with him. But now we slowed the train down a little bit. So yeah, he's he's super good. CV, go ahead. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Hey, happy Friday. Uh Friday Junior. Um I I know it's not free for all Friday, but uh bear with me here. Uh, I'm not sure I won't be able to join the space tomorrow, but um, I see AKs here, so this is perfect. Um, so I just listened to the latest uh, Damn, They Were Good episode. Uh, I'm not going to spoil who the fighter was there, but I'm going to tell like a little short story here. Uh, back in the day, uh, when I was a youngin, I used to work at a 7-Eleven. Um, used to do the night shifts. Um, AK, if you know the young, no, not the young, uh, Spadina in college area, uh, it's a very sketchy, uh, sketchy area here in Toronto, especially at night. Um, it's right beside uh, a mental uh, institute and this after hours bar. Um, I think it's closed now, but yeah, we got a lot of uh, characters there. But yeah, anyways, um, I was working one night shift. Uh, maybe this was like around 10 o'clock. Um, I saw this guy walk into our store. Um, he's kind of buff wearing a beanie. Uh, he was just drinking a Red Bull. Uh, comes up to the... Uh, comes up to the register. I was a cashier that night. Um, he buys a pack of condoms, and I was like, oh, my God, are you GSP? And he said, yes. Um, I was too starstruck to take a uh, photo with him, but um, uh, my coworker that day, he managed to get, like, uh, a scan from the security cameras. And um, I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this story, but um, that's why GSP's the GOAT. Thanks. I mean, what a story. Uh, it's nice to know that even a fighter known as the greatest of all time in many people's eyes uh, practices safe sex, according to your story. So um, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've had like in, like weird interactions with people because I bartended and like waited tables when I was like, like I was waiting tables when I was like 16, 17, 18. Cause like you can make damn good money doing that. Uh, and then I started bartending probably like mid to late twenties. And like, I've served like John Lithgow, which was a fun one. Um, I've had run-ins with like Rob Lowe, uh, even Bill Belichick back in the day, uh, working at friendlies in Woburn, Massachusetts. 
good old Bill Belichick came in and sat down and had himself some food and a fribble at Friendly. So, yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick didn't buy condoms for my store. Um, but still, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. But yes, uh, go listen to Dan. They were good on George St. Pierre. I can't wait to listen to it myself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cole has more to say. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, I know you'd be surprised if Nate Diaz came back for 300, but like, does that apply for Nate ever fighting in the UFC ever again? Because I would the UFC actually sign a guy who just lost to Jake Paul? Like, is that crazy of me to say? Because I have no desire to see Nate ever fight in MMA ever again. Like, maybe less than Brock. Like, I just don't I like do you think that even the UFC thinks that they can't sign a guy and get behind a guy who just lost to Jake Paul in a boxing match? Or does like that Jake Paul losing to Jake Paul stigma has that kind of like worn off and have people kind of forgot about that? All right, that's all I got. Um, does it does it go for like forever? No. No. I can I can see Nate back in the UFC someday. Just not now. Why would he come back now? I, I it's he just left. He just left, and we knew what the UFC was trying to do. They chucked him in there with Hamza, or tried to chuck him in there with Hamza Chimaev. We knew exactly what that was going to be. They were trying to like get him melted on the way out to try to like take all the value away, and it worked out in his favor. He ends up getting Tony Ferguson. He dominated him and finished him in a main event. And of course, like in that situation, you have to save face. Hey, anytime you want to come back, like this is your home, Nate, this is your home. That's what Dana said. Like that's what you should be doing in that situation. Try to get the guy back. Cause he got so over and everyone was so happy for him that like he kind of stuck it to the UFC. Like the MMA gods smiled at somebody that we actually like. That doesn't happen. It's a very rare thing. It's like a unicorn, what happened with Nate Diaz. But he's been trying to get out of there for so long. He knew he could make more money outside of the UFC. He knew he was a bigger star than even he was perceived in the company. And he is. He he is beyond MMA. That's how everybody knows who Nate Diaz is now. 
Like he, they passes the Publix test. If I went to Publix right now and asked anybody who Nate Diaz was under the age of 55, I guarantee you like 80% of people would know who Nate is. Because he's created this persona for himself. Not say the UFC didn't help at all, but Nate built all these opportunities for himself. Nate got the Connor fight on his own. He cut that promo after the Michael Johnson fight, one of the legendary promos. RDA is out. Nate was right there, ready to go. And Nate became, Nate took that opportunity, fucking ran with it. And now he's one of the biggest stars in the history of the sport. Nate ain't coming back to the UFC for five, $10 million. Hell no. He's going to come back for way more than that. And I don't think the UFC is going to give it to him. They don't need him either. They don't need him and Nate doesn't need the UFC. But could, could I see a world if the right fight came along? Like if Conor McGregor fights Michael Chandler and wins and then signs a multi-fight extension with the UFC, there, I would, if there was a futures bet on Nate fighting in the UFC again, I would slam it. Because Nate now realizes the only time he's going to get this payday is he's going to have to do it in the UFC. Because by the time that deal ends, and Connor gets through four, five, six, whatever fights he signs the extension for, like, do we want to see, like, 44-year-old Nate Diaz fight like 39-year-old Conor McGregor? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's an appetite for that down the road. Maybe the combat sports landscape just changes that much. But could I see him back in the UFC someday? Yes. Do I see him at 300? No. Do I see him anytime in 2024? No. Could I see him in 2025? Sure. I just think there's so much more Nate wants to accomplish. And if you can go box Jorge Mazadal and make like $25 million to do it, sure. The whole Jake Paul thing, guys, we knew what this was going to be. We knew what this was going to be. Well, we're in Dallas, jump on the MMA hour with Ariel. Ariel asked my prediction for the fight. And it was exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Jake's going to win. Nate's going to find a way to get some buzz from it. And he did. Nate can lose a fight but still win. He does it every time. And that's what he did against Jake Paul. Who was everybody talking about after that fight? Were they talking about Jake Paul because he won a decision against a much smaller, much older Nate Diaz? No, they were talking about Nate slapping a gilly on him and Nate stealing rounds down the stretch. Nate being competitive with Jake Paul. Like, that was the story. So at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. We knew what Nate was in there for. I think Nate was boxing Jake Paul because he has this, his eye on becoming a world champion boxer. No, he went in there to get a huge bag of money and he got it. There was not an empty seat in that building in Dallas. Not one. They were buzzing. And they weren't buzzing for Jake. They were buzzing for Nate. So he doesn't need the UFC. UFC doesn't need him, but I do think there's a respect there. And I think the relationship has gotten much better between them. And I think the door is still open for a return. I just don't see it happening this year. I would be shocked. I would really be shocked if Dana White's like, what's up, guys? 
boy, do we get a badass main event for UFC 300. Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, three. I'd be like, holy shit. Like, that's probably the only fight the UFC could make where I would be like, what? For sure. But I could see Nate still coming back. Just not now. Jay, go ahead. Hey, Mark, are you able to hear me? Yes. All right, so um, I didn't get to ask you this on Tuesday, but do you, what are your thoughts on Chatri's uh, comments about the Japanese um, combat, the combat sports world over there, and also the statements that the Ryzen CEO and K1 CEO have made about Chatri? Because it seems like they're burning bridges between each other, and they and they specifically aren't fond of what Chatri's been saying about the fighters over in the Japan market. And also what I wanted to ask is, is Kevin Lee still signed with the UFC or is he a free agent? Because I would be really interested to see him in the PFL and not really in the UFC anymore. Not that he's not competitive, but I think he would have a way better time over at PFL. But thanks and have a heck of a morning. It's mm, a good question. With Kevin Lee, I mean, I, I don't see the UFC playing hardball with Kevin Lee in terms of, like, a contract. Like, I think if... I think if, like, Kevin Lee wanted to leave, they would just be like, okay, bye. Like, I, I just don't know what he brings to the table right now. Like, they've given him so many chances. They've given him like big opportunities and big fights and like they've tried. I just, I don't know. There's like always potential there. Like when it comes to like athleticism and potential and like, you know, all the other intangibles that create a star, like Kevin Lee has all of that. He has it all. But it's just like between the ears when he gets into that cage, man, it just all goes to shit. For some reason, like you could see the talent, it's all there. Everything. He's got a great personality. Like he says, he's great on the mic. Everything. But I don't know. I just don't. I don't think the UFC keeps him around unless he takes like a super duper discount. And even then, like I think his, I think Kevin's best opportunities are outside of the UFC. Because what's he gonna do if he fights at fifty five? He is in a division where he's gonna get run over. And if he goes to 170, he's going to be an undersized guy who is going to have a real difficult time beating top guys. But if he goes to PFL, different story. Maybe the PFL can find some use for him on like the pay-per-view cards or whatever. I don't know if he would do a season. I mean, that's a lot of stress on a guy who's gotten injured a whole bunch. I Honestly, I think like the best place for him right now would be game, like game bread. Like, you'd still do MMA, you just don't have the gloves on. And they're signing everybody right now. Just look at the fucking roster. Like, look at the, the names that are on their next card. Like, they don't have a breakout star right now. Like, their biggest star, and this includes, like, Junior Dos Santos, who is, like, a former UFC champion. Like, the guy who has created the most buzz for them is Randy Costa. Like, they're, they need a star. They need like a face. Mike Perry is the face of bare knuckle as a sport, and he's the face of BKFC. Gamebird doesn't have that face yet. 
Randy Costa could be that guy. Because he's got all the intangibles and he's a fucking wrecking ball and he can talk and he's fun to watch. Kevin could be that guy too. So I think it's like an untapped market that could create some buzz. I actually think that's a really good spot for him. Like if I, if I was, if he called me right now and said, Mike, where should I go? I'd say, go call Jorge Mazdal right now and go to get, see, see what game bread will do. And then just bring him to the next card and announce that he has signed with your promotion and you already have his next fight booked for the next card. That's, that's what you do. I don't think there's a place for him in the UFC right now. I don't. And the Chachri stuff, like, look, Chachri's like a, it's a side eye thing for me. Like, I know he's there and I know he says things, but I just am just like, okay, he says things. I don't pay attention to anything he says at this point because half the shit he says is absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. And he's not even like funny about it anymore. Like at least Don Davis, like I can listen to Don Davis and I know half the things he says is absolutely ridiculous, but at least he's funny about it. Chachri just says like ridiculous shit all the time. <laughs> it's like, and then I just, it's gotten to the point where I just have to have to ignore it. So Shame on me. I, I'm not really familiar with like a lot of what's going on there. Um, just because when it involves Chatri, I'm just like, nope. Which is too bad because like the one cards have actually been pretty fun. But you just gotta like bring somebody else in to do the talking, please, for the love of God. Uh Dominic, go ahead. You're muted, Dominic. Dominic. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sorry, bud. Um, You're good. You know, I kind of uh, agree about the uh, the Diaz thing with you. You know, um, a lot of times I, I, I listen to what you say on the show, and it, it's kind of spot on with, with what goes on, you know. And, uh, you know, something I wanted to ask, uh, just a question, but um, – I seen something on social media real quick that I, I wanted to know is is uh are, is Aspinall and Stipe gonna fight? No. no? All right, that must have just been a crazy joke poster or something. But anyway, um, the UFC. Um, I've been a big fan from day one, right? And uh, something that my my uh, my girlfriend mentioned yesterday kind of got me thinking, and I was listening to you. I wanted to know what you think about it, right? And uh, basically, you know, I've been a fan since the beginning, right? And I think this this craziness that's going on, and it's not just with UFC, it's like in all sports, right? Where like, you know, these owners, and I'm still a Dana fan, but like these owners, you know, these sports are becoming so larger than life. And it's like almost to the point where like, it's not even accessible almost anymore to the normal person, you know, to even like to go to the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? It's like three years or worth of vacation, you know, to go see the Super Bowl or to go to one of these events, you know, I wanted to know what you think about, you know, basically these sports becoming so much larger than life and these, you know, uh, the guys getting paid what they're worth and stuff like that. But it's almost to the point where it's like the normal person can't even access any of these events what do you think about that mike 
it's tough, man. Like it's tough to be, it's tough to be a sports fan. If we're being honest, it's, it's like, I think I'm in like the best world as far as like my sports watching, like in terms of being a fan. Cause obviously I'm from, I born and raised in Boston, lived in Massachusetts most of my life. I've made it very public who I cheer for. It's all the new England teams, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, what have you. But now like, because I live in South Carolina, I don't have to worry about buying tickets to Fenway park or buying tickets to Gillette stadium or the TD garden. Like I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I could just watch it from afar. But back then, like, man, when the Red Sox started winning titles and like making playoff runs and started signing these big names, it was super expensive to go to a Red Sox game, really expensive. And I remember the last time I went to Fenway Park, it was for my dad's birthday. I bought tickets for him, myself, and my son. And we wanted to have like the generational Red Sox game. And we went and we got like tickets. And man, it was like, they weren't like horribly priced, but they were still like, I mean, it was like three, 300 something dollars for three tickets to Fenway. And we weren't sitting like in the lower bowl. We sat in the roof box, like sitting in the roof box. Um, but even just like everything involved, like food and soda and all the stuff that comes with going to a, a sporting event, just so expensive, just unbelievably expensive. I will say this about the Red Sox. They treated my son like he was the greatest thing on earth. They saw him, little kid. They walked up to him, like gave him gift bags. They asked him if it was the first time going to a game and they treated him like, like he was a superstar. So I, I like respected the crap out of them for that. Um, cause I hadn't taken my son to a Red Sox game. So I thought that was great. So they made it like a little bit more worth the while, but man, it's just God, even just going to a Patriots game in general is super expensive and you got to pay for parking and all this stuff. Like it's been like this for a while. If you're a Boston sports fan, it really has been. And now like, you're seeing some of the smaller markets spend a little bit more money. They're starting to find success. It's a lot more expensive to go to games. And if you're an MMA fan, I mean, shit, you could not go to an event. Like, you could just sit and watch at home. Every event, the fight nights, the pay-per-views, etc. And you're spending thousands. Like, you're spending well over $1,000 on all of it. It's a lot. And then, like, wow, the UFC's coming to town. It ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. I will say this. Like, if you're from one of those smaller markets and you're getting a fight night, like, that's the event you go to. Like, you're still going to spend kind of a ridiculous amount of money, but at least you get the experience of going once. And I think every fan, if you're going to be, if you're in this for the long run, I think everybody should experience it once. But I'm here to tell you, as someone who has been to multiple fight cards as media and multiple as a fan before that, you only need to do it once. <laughs> you only need to go once. It is way better watching it on TV. It really, truly is. So, yeah, it's tough. It's a lot of money. It's expensive. And the UFC knows people are going to pay it. Just look at what they did with the last London event. They like priced out the rabid fan base. Look at the pay-per-view they did in Brazil. 
a year ago. That place wasn't sold out. There was a no buzz. There was like no crowd reaction to anything because they priced out the people who would normally go. But they're still getting huge gates and making a whole bunch of money. So I ain't faulting the UFC on their business practices because they're friggin' murdering it right now. They're just printing money. They're on fire. But it's eventually going to run out. Like this ain't going to last forever. It's just not. I really do. I mean, I don't know. But they're what they're doing now, they're just they're smashing it. But for the fan that's you know, doesn't have six hundred dollars per ticket to go to a UFC card, you're just not gonna get that experience. But like I said, if you can go once, great. Find a regional show to get that experience if you want to just do that. And I think you'll have a better time just watching it at home with your friends or your family and getting a bunch of food and you'll save a whole bunch of money, but still get the same experience of watching fights. Uh, Jarrell, go ahead and you will be our last caller today. What's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yep. What's up, man? Man, all the questions about Connor and Nate and UFC 300 combined with me listening to the Kimbo damn episode last night made me want to chime in. Um, one, I don't think the Connor Nate thing is going to happen for the same reason you're saying. Kind of like Nate signing an exclusive deal right now. Don't see that happen. And Connor only having two fights left. I do think, however, though, that, you know, the only fight the UFC would do a one fight deal for somebody would be like Connor with one fight left on his contract and then doing a one fight deal with Nate just to make sure it happens under their banner. Um, not really sure that the fighters would do that, though, unless they were getting like big pay. But Either way, all that leads me to my question of, is there a ceiling on how big a star someone can become within the UFC now? I, I thought about it because, like, Kimbo was a big draw, really without the backing of the UFC, if we being honest. And it showed when he wasn't in the UFC. And then you got dudes like Connor, Nate, and even, like, John Jones at times, kind of, like, knowing the level of stars that they are and that kind of working against the UFC. Um and then I guess like an example of that ceiling and I guess how I believe the UFC to approach it, how I see the UFC approaching it is what we saw play out with Francis when he was negotiating with the UFC and kind of how everything's played out since he's left the UFC. It almost feels like, I won't say that he's necessarily a bigger star, but you've definitely seen him kind of like reap the benefits of becoming that star that it almost felt like the UFC didn't want him to get to you know, a particular level. But yeah, that's all I got. Is there a ceiling? Um, I'll say yes, but I don't know. We have to kind of wait and see how it plays out. What? There's so much that has changed. Since 2016, so much has changed. Where in 2016, we saw a world where the fighter became bigger than the promotion. And it happened a lot. Conor McGregor, number one. Nate got to that point. Brock Lesnar was there. And while it helped the UFC make a lot of money, it also caused a lot of headaches for the UFC. And they are in a position where they don't have to deal with that anymore. 
Like Connor is the biggest star in the history of the sport. 1000%. If he came back tomorrow, he would be the biggest draw and he will do a million pay-per-view buys. Easy. Conor McGregor could fight me at UFC 300 and it's going to do 1.5 million and he'll beat my ass and you will spend $80 on it because that's who he is. But the thing is, the UFC doesn't need him anymore. They really don't. They are the star. Those three letters are the star now. It's a whole different world. They built themselves and put themselves in this position where the biggest star in the company is Dana White. He's the one. Those three letters. That's it. That's what you spend your money on. And now they have this new movement that they're trying to get to, this whole attitude of like, we're not policing our fighters at all. And people fucking love that shit. They love it. As far, but in terms of a ceiling, if there's one guy who I think is going to be the perfect litmus test to all of this, is going to be Sean O'Malley. If Sean O'Malley goes out there, in March, against Marlon Vera, and puts the wood to him and gets another highlight reel finish, like, they're going to try to push that guy to the moon. 1,000%. What Sean does with that is up to him, but I think he's in a position where he already has, like, a the audience that they're trying to cater to right now all love him. They all love him. His friends, the Nelk boys, they all they sponsor him. Right up Dana's Avenue. But when Sean O'Malley is calling for boxing matches, which right now we think is absolutely ridiculous, but if he goes out and just beats the shit out of Cheeto Vera and knocks him out at UFC 299, will they let him box? It's going to generate a lot more buzz. It's going to draw a lot more interest. And if Sean wants to get it, Will the UFC allow it? They didn't let Francis do it. They tried it with Connor. I bet the UFC's kicking themselves in the ass for not being a part of the Francis situation, seeing what he did with Tyson Fury, what he's about to do with Anthony Joshua. Do they let that slip away again with a guy like Sean? I don't know. But I think long of like the days of the fighter getting bigger than the company and getting bigger than Dana, I guess, to some degree, I think those days are over. But the UFC can still pick and choose who they want to push, and they can dictate how big of a star you want to be. It's just not going to be... We're not going to have like another Connor situation. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the UFC will let that happen. They want to have control, and they should. They should. But this is a big year for the UFC. Like This is a huge year. They need to create a star because that, that TV deal is coming up. We just saw what WWE just did. Sign it with Netflix. Minimum, they're going to make $2.5 billion going to Netflix. And if this all plays out, they're going to make $5 billion. UFC is going to, like, their numbers are going to be maybe not exactly the same. Let's be pretty damn close. They need to have a monster year. Everything needs to go well. But I do think there is a ceiling to some degree where a fighter can create their own luck and break through the ceiling. But the UFC can help 
you know, give give the ten fingers, so to speak, and kind of throw you through the ceiling if they want to do so. But they're only going to do that with certain certain fighters, if that makes sense. All right, last one. Then I got to go. BTL coming up in a little over an hour's time. Big facts. Take us home. Big facts. Are you there? The most power Twitter has ever seen. You waited for that? You waited to just do that? Ugh. Good Lord. That's how we end the show? Be better, big facts. You could do better. I know you can. But thank you all very much. You're the best. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be back. Free for all Friday. Lots going on. We'll be getting ready for the weigh-ins for UFC Vegas 85. And... Yeah, we'll have a preview show. It's going to be like a normal week again. Uh, BTL coming up, 12.30, uh, Q&A edition. Special Q&A edition. We try to do it once a month, and it just so happens it's February 1st, and it just so happens it's kind of a weird week, but there's not a lot of like big stuff going on. So we're going to turn it over to you guys. Uh, Jed, myself, uh, Casey will be there as well. Uh, and I believe it's Casey's birthday too. So we'll have to do a little something, something for that. So... We'll see you in a little over an hour's time. But until then, everybody, have a great rest of your Thursday and have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.